Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 130 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. 130 is the only integer that is the sum of the squares of its first four devices, uh, divisors, including one. So one squared plus two squared plus five squared plus ten squared equals 130. What a great fact. Today, we're going to discuss all the major styles of play, and for Technique Tuesday, we're going to look at ways to counter a slow, spinny topspin. In the questions, we discuss if more wrist is needed when looping against backspin, we discuss if you should focus on particular types of serves, and we talk about the new scoring system being used in the Chinese Super League. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, with me is Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeff, and I thought we were going to try and stop those fun facts, Jeffrey. But no, 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 I got quite a bit of support saying I need some more numerical facts. A few people didn't like it, but I think in general it was a positive um, response. Uh, can, I, can I have the names of those people that thought that it was interesting, please? <laughs> Certainly. I'm sure they'd love to... Tell you, why wouldn't you love numbers? <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, interesting show. Um, we had a suggestion that um, from George that we should discuss all the major styles of play. Um, you know, um, choppers, chopper hybrids, you know. George thought it would make an interesting topic, and I think it's a good idea. You want to start yeah, so, with a few styles? Yeah, there, there's so many different styles. That, no, I don't... I suppose the first thing is you don't need to get too hung up about putting um, too many labels on it. But I suppose the major the major styles are now are your looping attackers or your players that are really trying to make the attack whenever they can with topspin. Um, then there are the more passive players. So the, the blockers, I mean... You, it's hard to call them blockers, really, but but the little bit more defensive type of players, um, such as Samsonov. You know, I'd, I'd put Samsonov in in a more passive um, type of as a more t- passive type of player. Then there's the defender. So there's the just the, the all out defender, the the person that is just going to get a lot of balls back. Um, not so many of those around now, but uh, I think Matsushita was probably one uh, the Japanese chopper that. Um, is was you know more focused or just basically solely focused on retrieving the ball, um, and then now there's the modern chopper or the or the hybrid, I suppose, where, where when they get the opportunity, they are going to make a strong attack with their forehand, especially you know. So, Chuster um, Hook is the classic. He's um, he was probably you know one of the real front runners um, there, but. Um, but yeah, so there, there's some major styles. Then there's, um, you know, the, the flat attacker. So there's the, the 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 player that will try to smash the ball more than topspin the ball. Not so popular now because um, once you flatten out that contact, um, it makes it really difficult to to be accurate and consistent. You know. Players that tend to play a little bit more with the short pimples, um, I suppose Johnny Wang in the old days, you know, the, the Canadian guy. That Showing your age now, Alois. 
I am, I am. Um, yeah, had the short pimples on the forehand and basically used to smash the ball. So, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a few, um, I suppose, categories of players, Jeff. Zhang Ling, is that how you say it? Zhang Jialiang, yep. Zhang Jialiang. <laughs> Certainly, he, uh, the the world champion in eighty five and eighty seven. Um, he was a, he was a pinhole pimple player that basically just smashed every ball. Yeah, yeah. And if you haven't watched the nineteen eighty seven final alloys, I re- think we're going to recommend the players go take a look at it. Definitely one, probably my favourite world championship final. Be- well, until this one maybe, but um, because. Um, I got the chance to actually see it live and um, featuring, you know, a very young, a young Ove Waldner playing uh, the legend Zhang Jialiang. So, um, yeah, that, that's uh, definitely one I recommend you go back and have a look at. Excellent. So um, the Ping Skillers question of the day, Alois, is very much related to this discussion. It is, how would you describe your style of play and what style would you like to play? Um, so again, you can answer that question either on our YouTube channel or you can go to our website, pingskills.com, and leave a comment. And I'll also stick it up on Facebook, so you, um, you can go up onto our Facebook page at facebook.com slash pingskills and leave a comment there too. Alrighty, now... It is Technique Tuesday, Alois. What are we discussing today? What about our last Ping Skillers question of the day, Jeffrey? All right, let's do that first then. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, answer, you take over the questions yesterday and now you think you control the whole show. Exactly. Now you're talking. We just got, right. to, get rid of those, we just got to get rid of those numerical facts. Uh, okay, yesterday's Pink Skills question of the day was, do you practice with a robot? And so me personally, no. I've never, ever really practiced with a robot. You know, I've had a hit with robots, and um, I suppose it comes from, I mean, when when I was growing up, um, the robots weren't all that fantastic. I remember there was an old Steger robot that used to be at the old Albert Park Stadium that was that was like 150 years old. Um, but you know, you'd spend you'd spend the first half an hour just trying to get get the ball to go onto the table, and then it'd have too much spin, and then not enough spin, and then too much backspin, and um, yeah, I suppose it was just a real hassle. Definitely nowadays, though, the robots are a lot better, though, Jeff. Um, yeah, have you practiced with the robot much? Not much at all. Um, yeah, so again, not a huge fan of them. But like you said, I. It, we got a lot of, yeah, they seem to be getting better. And we got quite varied responses. Some were saying, oh, they're just for the rich people. Um, and they can be quite expensive. And multi-ball is a great alternative that doesn't cost you anything, so well, except for the balls that you need. But, um, yeah, so I still kind of think multi-ball is good. And, again, we always talk about the feedback about watching the ball come off a real bat. So, um there's advantages there, but if you haven't got anybody to practice with, I guess it really is a good alternative these days. And a few people were saying, "Why are you even asking this? What do you think about robots?" And so, I, I yeah. guess our opinions are changing slightly. 
Yeah, there were quite a few people that were really in support of robots and have practiced with them and really like practicing with them, um, especially for, you know, just uh, developing their strokes. And we had a lot of feedback on on the Facebook uh, question about uh, about that. So, yeah, so some people clearly like playing with a robot and enjoy um, that hitting and feeling. Um, yeah, so for me personally, um, I think if you don't have another alternative, if you don't have someone to practice with, I think they're good. Um, because you can just groove your stroke, but yeah, you do miss out on a lot um, of the feedback that's really necessary to, to develop your game uh, play. Indeed, yeah, very good. All right. Um, and I think, so, Jeff, sorry, we, we did also discuss that in a ping pod as well, so we might be able to put a link on there for that uh, ping pod too. Yeah, certainly. I'll chuck it in the show notes um, so everybody can check it out uh, once we put it up on our website. All right, now it's time for Technique Tuesday, Alois. And yes, we're, talk- fine, we're talking about how to counter a slow, spinny topspin. Yeah, slow, spinny topspin. They can be really tricky, can't they? And, and they can also be really effective um, if you're on the other side of the net. But yeah, to counter a slow, spinny topspin, there's, there's a few ways. One is, you know, to just block the ball. So if you're just blocking the ball, uh, it's important to to just get the, the angle right. So if you open up your racket too much, the spin is really going to kick off and, and kick the ball off the table. So you do have to close your back um, over that ball quite a lot and even just push down on the contact uh, when, you're, when you're making the block. So that's... That's probably the key. So not opening up your bat too much because the, the spin's going to take it up, um, covering over. The other thing that's that's really tricky um, with the slow spinny top spin is often uh, the ball doesn't come through to you. So especially if you're expecting a faster top spin and you're, and you're sitting back a little bit and the ball goes up slow, um, a lot of players tend to poke their bat out at the ball and try to block out there. And out there it becomes really difficult to to control and the ball can really get away from you. So, so making sure firstly that you get nice and close to that um, to the bounce and and um, make the contact close to your body. Yeah, set. So then coming over the ball and getting that angle right for the block. But there's there's other alternatives as well, Jeff. Um, you know, when when you've got a little bit more time with that slow spinny top swing. I mean, you can you can just punch the ball. Um, as well so punch is basically it's just a fast block where you're generating a bit of the pace yourself and hitting the ball quite flat Um, so that's that's uh, another alternative Um, and then the the next alternative and probably the the one that you'd opt for if you had all the the time and the opportunity to do it is to make a counter top spin on that slow spinny ball so as long as you're reading the amount of spin and you are in good position, then yeah, give uh, give the counter top spin a try. So with that counter top spin, you don't need to lift the ball at all. There's already plenty of spin on the ball. You don't need to lift. It's basically just about coming over the ball and brushing right over the top of it um, to keep that ball down. So there's some options of how to counter a slow spin top spin and some techniques that you can use. Yeah, excellent. And I guess that kind of starts from the easiest to the hardest. Um, and as you said, the you know the counter top spin is one that we see often in highlights of you know really good points, and um, is you know 
pretty good feeling when you manage to counter toss in something back. But it's also becoming a lot more common if you watch the top players. They're, they're doing that a lot of the time. I mean, their skill level is just getting better and better all the time. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put another link in the show notes, Alice, because we have a very good video on this topic. Hold on a second. a second. You're getting feedback, Jeff. I can... I am getting feedback. I've just muted you. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to put a link in the show notes So to the How to Counter a Slow Spinny uh, Top Spin video. Take a look at that video. goes through all the things Alois talked about there, and, you know, it's one of our most popular videos. So take a look at it. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. All right. Now, just um, people can always jump onto our Google Plus page, and the way to find that is just... Go to Google and type in Google Plus Ping Skills and you'll find our page. You'll see our events there. You can click on the Q&A button and ask us a question live on the show. And Gargavis has done exactly that, but it's more of a hello. He says, good morning, my friends, and a strong Brazil's embrace. <laughs> and we love the guys and the program today, and we're 22 people here watching at home uh, with all my friends. So that's brilliant, Alois. We've got... Uh, 22 people around at Gargavis's house watching the show. That show just seems to be getting a bit bigger and bigger at Gargavis's house. I think the last time there was only about nine of them, uh, Jeff. Like, we're starting to attract a crowd. I reckon you could start to um, collect some money at the door, make a bit of money for yourself there, Gargavis. Yes, uh, very good idea there, Alois. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get on to the questions because I'm sure the crowd wants to hear some of your answers, Alois. So first up, let's go to a question from Josh who says, I've been playing for about six months and I'd like to know which serve I should continue to practice and master. I can do both the tomahawk and the pendulum serve quite well, but I also want to learn the reverse version of them. Which should I choose? Yeah, so um, Josh, I, I think it's. I mean, you can you can choose one of them to really really focus on. But I think um, after playing for six months, it's you're still at the stage where you just can explore different serves that you can utilize. So I mean, utilize the the tomahawk and the pendulum and the reverse um, because your game is going to change, and, and it's just about what suits your game. So. Um, and what you get used to. So over the next six months or over the next five years, um, your game is going to change and, and you'll, you'll find that different serves will suit your game. So I wouldn't just focus on one serve now. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd experiment. I'd, I'd go go through quite a few of the serves, just see what, see what feels right, see what uh, feels comfortable for you, and then see... Um, what suits the rest of the rally or, or, or allows you to make the rally that you want to as well. So, yeah, don't limit yourself at this stage, Josh. Excellent advice. Excellent advice. Um, and for those that are wanting to improve their serve, we have the Serving Secrets course available as part of our premium membership. So if you... Uh, think you um, want to get better with your serve, which is always a great option, check out pingskills.com and our Serving Secrets course. All right. Um, next question 
um, is from Lucas Alois, who has just jumped on, like I said, and asked a question live on the show. And Lucas says, in about two weeks, next weekend, I will be playing in a tournament that my coach described as Norway's, where he lives, biggest tournament. He'll be playing in three different classes, and he wanted he wants to know what I should train a lot on or look after when I arrive. Okay, so yeah, Lucas, firstly, good on you for entering the tournament, especially the, the big uh, this big tournament. Um, when you arrive at the hall, the most important thing that I, I think is, firstly, just get comfortable in the hall. So try to get there as early as you can. Um, if you can get there, you know, an hour before or an hour and a half before, get there early and just um, walk around the hall, have as many hits as you possibly can and practice as much as you can um, in that initial period. When you first get there, if it's, especially if it's a new new place that you haven't played before, um, do a lot of just controlled hitting first, just some, some forehands and some backhands. Um, get the feel, put a lot of balls on the table. Definitely don't go out there and start trying to hit the ball as hard as you can and play some points and, and games and things straight up. Just ease into it. Just get really comfortable. Just get your confidence up by putting a lot of balls on the table. Then, once you're feeling comfortable, so that, that might be you know 15 minutes, 20 minutes, even half an hour of just controlled hitting, then you can start to think about practising some serving, return of serve, um, third ball opening, um, and then you can play some games or practice games after that. So um, you do need to get to that level, though. You do need to get to the level where you have done some serving, return of serve, and, and third ball opening and games as well. But initially, just keep it nice and simple and easy and just get comfortable and confident um, and then move into uh, the other aspects um, of your game before you start your actual matches. Yeah, well, um, well, congratulations. um, congratulations. Let me mute Alice again to stop the feedback. Um, Yeah, congratulations, Lucas. Um, Great to hear you've entered that tournament. I'm sure you're going to have a great time and, you know, learn lots of things. So, um, well done and let us know how you go um, once you compete. All right, Alois. Um, Next up, question from Ilya, who says, After watching your video on the advanced forehand topspin, I gained some inspiration and tried to add wrist action to my stroke. Is there a difference in wrist usage when looping against backspin and against block? And is it more exaggerated? Yeah, so when you're you're looping against the backspin, basically you've got a little bit more time. So when you've got more time, you do have a little bit more time to extend the wrist and utilise your wrist a little bit more. But don't think about... I'm going to try and really, you know, use my wrist more um, against the backspin ball. Just allow the the bat to flow naturally and relaxed, and just flow back with your backswing and up with your with your your swing. And because you've got more time, the swing can be bigger and the wrist action can be a little bit greater as well. So um, yeah, so naturally it will happen that you will get a little bit more wrist. Um, and that will also help you to lift the, the backspin that's on the ball as well. So, yeah. Indeed. 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 And 
Um, with that, with that wrist movement, um, I guess it's just like an added feature to the stroke, isn't it? Um, for those that are, are learning the stroke, it's probably more important not really to focus on the wrist, but focus on the start and finish positions. Would you say that's right, Alice? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, focusing on the start and finish is critical, um, and that will just be a bit of an extension of, of all of that. Great. All right. Well, Ilya, it's good that um, you gained some inspiration and, um, yeah, try out that forehand, see if you can just relax the wrist and uh, let us know how you progress. All right. Next question is from Milos, who says, the Chinese Super League has just started and some five-game matches were played. What's weird is that the decider games were played until just seven points. Do you maybe know why? Are they maybe trying to test a potential new rule or something? Yeah, Milos, I, um, I wasn't aware of it at all, so I haven't actually seen um, those matches. Um, interesting, though, if they are playing matches up or, or the deciding set up to seven points, you know, um, not uh, that's the first time I've really thought about it, but uh, initially... I don't think it's a great idea. Um, I don't know why they'd want to um, reduce that match anymore. Um, I know what Jeff's going to say, but um, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think reducing that final game to seven points is adding to the the um, the spectacle at all. Um, so yeah, I'm not not sure why they're doing it. And it may may just be a bit of an experiment. Um, Jeff, tell me your thoughts. <laughs> Bring back games to 21. Make them longer. Make them more epic. Um, but I feel I'm in a minority here. Um, things are getting shorter and shorter. And I'm surprised you don't think it's a good idea, Alois, because if you like the games up to 11, you know, because they're more exciting, if it goes to a fifth set, you know, it's it's even shorter and even more concentrated and, you know, that fifth set would just be really exciting Nah, there has to be a balance, Jeff. You know, there's a balance with everything, you know. Like, you could play up to one point as well, but I think that, yeah, you'd lose the impact completely. So I think 11 is fine. I think, you know, let's let's not get Jeff too upset. He's already upset about bringing it down from 21. Let's, let's just keep him happy. I think let's keep it at 11, guys. Come on. Indeed, indeed. I guess that's the way things are going, you know. T20 cricket, everything's getting shorter. Um, but let's move but let's on. Move. Now, yeah, so Jeff, um, yeah, I, I uh, read an interesting um, article recently as well, and I think I might have put a link up somewhere about uh, a guy talking about um, the US football and, and you know, will... Um, U.S. football survive as a spectator sport as far as a live spectator sport because nowadays they've got to do so much to keep the crowd entertained at the venue. You know, it's not just about uh, uh, people going and sitting and watching the game of football. You know, they need all the the razzmatazz with it as well, you know, the the on-screen things and, um, you know, People need Wi-Fi and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's, it, it is really interesting where sport is going as a spectator, um, from, from a spectator's point of view. Um, and, you know, 
is table tennis keeping up with that? Is t- table tennis keeping up with the, you know, the T20s, um, even the st- things that, um, you know, the, the, all the US sport is doing um, for spectators? Um, yeah, we need to really th- have a good think about it and, and think about the experience that the spectator is getting when they go to a table tennis match. Mm, yes, interesting. Um, and if you've got any thoughts, again, leave a comment on our website, pingskills.com. Click on the blog link, find the show, leave a comment. Let us know, is table tennis as a spectator sport doing as much as it can? Um, so uh, Lucas has just asked another question, Alois. He says, just something I've been wondering about. A lot of Chinese commentators say something like Charlie when an amazing rally happens. Do you know what it means? No, it might be a long lost grandfather or something. Charlie? Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. So sorry, Lucas. Uh, we can't really help you out um, there. Now, um, Chi Keep Ong has asked a question. He says, can you actually do side spin on the pendulum serve? And he says, please answer my question. Sure. We're answering it right now. So um, with the pendulum serve, basically you always get a little bit of side spin because of the action. Um, so um, it's hard to do. Well, it's not hard, but I mean, it, it's not common to do just a straight backspin um type of contact or a straight top spin type of contact. There's usually a bit of side spin because you, the bat comes through and naturally on the side of the ball. So, yeah, so most of the time there is just a bit of side spin and you can have straight side spin by just having your bat basically vertical, so straight up and down that way, and then um, then you're going to get basically straight side spin on the on the uh, pendulum serve. So it's something that we uh, we show you in our Serving Secrets um, lessons and uh, Jeff, we've just refilmed the pendulum serve um, last week, so that'll be up in the next uh, couple of weeks as well. The the new HD version of the pendulum serve. Indeed, yes. I've just got to get it all edited and ready. I'm pretty excited about this one. It's going to be good. Um, so thanks for the question, Cheeky Ong. Now, um, we're just about to wrap up uh, episode 130, but before we do, Gargavis Alois wants you to send out a few hugs and kisses to some people. Right. Mwah! Brilliant. Well done, yep. Some uh, hugs and kisses to Oliviere, Demario, Vasquez, Vasquez, Denise, Camilla, Alexandra, Vasquez, Rafael, Vasquez, a lot of Vasquezes, I think the family. David Vasquez, our wanted translator, John Smith, we heard it from John Smith before, Sebastian Silva, Santos, Paolo, Gonzalez, friends, me and my brothers, and... I'm not sure what they write here. Something about no club blue bear in P. I have no idea what all that means, Alois. But, um, yeah, big hugs and kisses to uh, Gargavis and all his friends. <laughs> all right. Well, that, oh, um, man. That is, that is a, that's a cast of thousands. <laughs> certainly is. And what a grand finale to the show. That wraps up episode 130. 
Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening, and thank you, Alloys, for your words of wisdom. Wisdom. Thanks, Jeff, and thanks, Pinskillers, and we will see you tomorrow night. Looking forward to it.